I'm Chad Robertson. I want to welcome you today to Awaken to Grace as we are studying some of the most wonderful verses found in all of the Bible. Friends, we are learning how to gain full assurance of salvation. Hebrews calls it full assurance of hope. And that's what we're talking about today, how to obtain the promise of eternal life. Friends, we are in Hebrews chapter 6. Today, we're not only going to be studying verses 12 to 15, but I'm going to take you over to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to see step by step how Abraham obtained, acquired, laid hold of faith and patience, and how you and I can imitate his faith and do the exact same. I'm so glad you're listening today to this edition of Awakened to Grace. Hebrews chapter 6, I want to begin this morning with verse number 12. I want to talk today about how to obtain the promise. How do you obtain eternal life, the promise of God's inheritance for you? All of God's promises for that matter. How do you obtain them? Well, the scriptures are going to give us a wonderful example today. If you remember last week, we talked about having a full assurance of hope to the end. I'm talking in these brief weeks about how you as a believer can have absolute assurance of your salvation. You can have absolute assurance of eternal life. You can have absolute assurance in the work and the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our problem is often our assurance is in ourselves. And that's the wrong place to have assurance. Our assurance is in our works or our intentions or our prayers or our own religion or our own strength. That's the wrong place to have assurance. But when your assurance is in Christ... It makes all the difference in the world. Well, then how do you get it? I'm going to show you clearly today. So notice with me, if we're talking in verse 11 about how to have full assurance of the hope to the end. Now let's pick up with where the writer says in verse number 12. Give me the first line of it. Let me make sure I don't get this wrong. So then, exact, thank you. What a wonderful phrase this is. So then, if you're going to have full assurance of hope, what's the purpose? The purpose is so that, verse 12, you are not sluggish in your Christian life. That, another word for that would be lazy. The actual Greek word is the same word in chapter 5 where he says you become dull of hearing. That word dull means lazy. It means sluggish. It's the same concept. And so again, the writer is warning Christians. He's saying, listen, you're not going to get to this inheritance. You're not going to obtain the promise. You're not going to have all that God wants for you if you are sluggish. 
in your faith. What have we said repeatedly throughout this series? What is the opposite of being sluggish? The opposite of sluggish is diligence. And what does the scripture say in Hebrews 11? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if someone's going to draw near to God, what's the requirement? He must believe that God exists. That God is and that he is a rewarder of those who what? Who diligently seek him. Amen. Do you see the stark contrast? If you're going to draw near to God today, if you're going to cultivate your relationship with God today, if you're going to walk with God today, it's going to require diligence on your behalf. And what's the opposite of diligence? Laziness, sluggishness. I don't know if anyone taught this better than the Puritans. The Puritans not only taught that their pastors ought to be ready for the Lord's house on the Lord's day, but do you know they even taught their people how to get ready for the Lord's day? They would remind families, don't stay up all night Saturday night. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for worship. Prepare yourself to be in the presence of God. If I were to ask you where you were last night, what did you do last night? Did last night prepare you for God's presence this morning? Could it be that many of us are sluggish in our faith? If the only time that you really connect with God is in a quote-unquote church experience, then you're missing it, my friend. God wants to walk with you every day. He wants to commune with you every day. He wants to be in fellowship with you every single day, not 90 minutes on Sunday mornings. We're so silly sometimes in how we think. I would bet the majority of us, without realizing it, most of us think we're in this building for approximately 90 minutes on a Sunday morning. And then when we walk out the door, the last person to go kills the lights, locks the door, and God just hangs out here all week. Just, oh, shucks. Can't wait till they come back. <laughs> Isn't that how we treat God, though? Like he's just confined to these four little walls. Mm-mm. No, friends, don't be sluggish in your faith. Okay, well, all right, Chad, if I'm going to decide this morning, I'm not going to be sluggish, I'm not going to be lazy in my faith, then tell me, how do I do it? I'm so glad you asked. Okay, look at the next phrase. But be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Oh, I love this. Who through faith and patience 
imitate those people's faith. I love that word imitate. Some translations, they use the word example, but I love the word imitate. And I tell you why, because the season of life I'm in right now, my two little boys, they are six and four. And we call Hudson and John Mark, Pete and repeat. Because everything Hudson does, Jade tries to do. Pete and repeat. And how do they learn? How do you and I learn? We learn by imitating. By imitating. That's how God's designed us to learn. Think of an apprentice. Think of how you learned your job or how you learned your skill. How did you learn it? By watching someone else and imitating what they do. Well, how do you grow spiritually? How do you sharpen up spiritually? By getting around other people that's way ahead of you and imitating their faith. Hebrews 13 verse 7 says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, and consider the outcome of their way of life. I want my life to look like Men like Ian Bounds, who was a pastor during the Civil War era. I want my life to look like people like Robert Murray McChain. That Scottish pastor that lived in the 1800s. Whose prayer life was. Well, we still talk about it today. I want to look at people like. Mary Slessor and Amy Carmichael and people who you look at the outcome of their way of life and I say, God, I want to run across the finish line just like that. And so the Bible gives us someone to look at today. He gives us a giant to look at. And it's our father, Abraham. Look what he says. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And he's going to lay out the case of how Abraham did this. Now, in case a believer were to say, now, Chad, you preach that salvation is not by works. But yet this says you must have faith and patience. Are those not works? Does it not take works to inherit the promise? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Because watch how the Holy Spirit guards the integrity of the gospel here. Note how your Bible does not say by faith and patience. It doesn't say that, does it? It says through faith and patience. Faith and patience is not the source. God is the source. It is through faith and patience. Furthermore, not that you earn the promise, but that you what? That you inherit. What a beautiful word. That it's given to you by God himself. Amen? Amen. Look at verse 13. So, when God made a promise to Abraham... There was no one greater to swear by, so he swore by himself, 
saying, surely I will bless and multiply you. Now, what's that mean? That means that when God established his covenant with Abraham and God made the promise to Abraham, he swore by himself no one was greater than God. So he put his own name on the line. He put his own reputation on the line. And in essence, what he's saying is he's saying, if I don't fulfill this promise, I would cease from being God. Think of the weightiness of that. And you know what it reveals to us? It reveals to us that God's promises are not based upon us nor our responses. God's promise is based upon his own character. Amen? He swore by himself because there was no one greater to swear by. He put his name, he put his reputation on the line. Then if you drop down to verse 17 and you make the link, look what God did for Abraham. And now if you look at verse 17, which we'll examine next, not today, but just note this, when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of promise. Now, do you understand what that's saying? God put his very name, God put his very character, God put his very reputation on the line. And God says, the scriptures say, when God wanted us to see his promise to us, he desired to show us even more convincingly than he did to Father Abraham. Unbelievable. Verse 14 for surely I will bless and multiply you. That's Genesis 22, 16, and 17. And now verse 15. And then we're going to get ready to go over to Romans 4. Verse number 15. And thus Abraham patiently waited. The King James there says patiently endured. And I like endured better there. Because again, endurance is the opposite of sluggish. He patiently endured. He patiently waited. And then what was the outcome? He obtained the promise. Amen? Now say amen if you're with me right now. Now let's work backward. So here's my question today. Verse number 15 If I am going to obtain the promise, then what is that going to require? Patient endurance. Then how do I get patient endurance? Well, now I've got to go back to verse number 12 and 13. It's going to be by faith and by patience that I inherit the promise, then how do I get faith and patience? By imitating faith. Well, how do I learn to imitate faith? Romans chapter 4. Go with me there. Now, see, it's so interesting. As you know, we are watching so much play out in the Middle East. God promised Abraham that he was going to be a father of many nations. We know we know that God fulfilled this promise 
not only through his son Isaac, but also through Ishmael. Thus, brother has been against brother to this very day. But there was not only the descendants of Isaac, as well as the descendants of Ishmael, that Abraham was to become the father of. God had something much greater in mind. He had a royal priesthood, according to Peter. A royal nation. A, I'm sorry, a holy nation. If you write, if you note this, I would encourage you to look this verse up. If you note Galatians 3.29, really all of Galatians 3, but particularly verse 29, Paul argues that if we are in Christ, then we are therefore the seed of Abraham. Abraham is our father. A holy nation. A holy people. A peculiar people. A royal priesthood set apart unto the Lord Jesus Christ. The church, the people of God. If you want to understand Abraham's role in this, read all of Romans chapter 4. It's quite masterful. And again, the scriptures reinforce in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, that we are of Abraham. He is our father. So if anyone that we are going to imitate their faith, and if anyone we're going to learn from, the author of Hebrews sets Abraham up as an example. It says, watch how Abraham patiently waited. Watch how he obtained faith and patience. Watch how he did it. Now begin in verse number 17 with me. How did it happen? Well, God promised, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless and multiply you. You see that in verse number 17? And what did he do? I want you to note this. In the presence of the God in whom he believed. Now I'm going to answer the question, how do you imitate faith? How do you apply it? How do you appropriate it unto your own life and to your own walk with God. Okay. Are you you going to take notes? Okay. Here we go. Number one, you get in the presence of God. What did we say earlier? If you're going to go forward in your Christian life, you cannot be sluggish, but what's the opposite of being sluggish? Diligent. And who is it that God rewards? Those who diligently Seek him. How did Abraham obtain such a faith in God? How? He was in the presence of God. It was in the presence of God in whom he believed. And what did that presence of God shape within him? That God is able to make life out of dead things. That God is able to call forth those things that do not exist as though they were. Friends, that's faith. Amen? And how did Abraham acquire it? How did he obtain it? By being in the very presence of God. 
Friends, I cannot tell you what you forfeit in your spiritual walk when you go day after day after day with no presence of God in your life. And you say, Chad, how do I change that? Invite God into your daily life. I don't know what's in your car right now, but put it on worship. Put it on the word. I don't know what fills the majority of your downtime, but I'll tell you this. Begin to pray a whole lot more than what you're praying right now. And you know, I used to think that, you know, I'd read about people who would spend hours in prayer. And I would just think to myself, how in the world do they do that? Because I just thought they, I thought they were just mumbling for hours. Dear Lord Jesus, you know everything that I need. I can't do that. I just picture someone mumbling for hours upon hours. Do you know how I have learned to spend hours with God? I sit and I listen. Lord, what do you want to say to me? Have you ever been around somebody... That what they have to say to you is more important than anything you can say to them. Those are not fun people to be around. I read one time about an older lady that always kept an overcoat across the arm of her couch. And one day somebody was over at her house and they said, how come that overcoat is always there? She said, well, it's because it depends on who drops by. If I like them, I say, well, I'm just getting in. And if I don't like them, I say, I'm just leaving. <laughs> you know, I want to be somebody that God loves to spend time with. But if I'm the one doing all the talking, I don't think God would enjoy it all that much. I want to be slow to speak, but swift to hear. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When you really learn how to listen for God, you'll know what it is to spend hours with him. Abraham obtained this great faith by being in the presence of God who built his faith. Who told Abraham he can make living out of dead. He can call those things that are not as though it were. Boy, that stirs my faith. You know, sometimes I just, I pray over my eyes. I pray over this, this dead. See, this retina is torn. They tore it in surgery and it's dead. Thy doctors told me that. It's dead. Well, you know what? He makes living things out of dead things. Amen. He calls those things that are not as though it were. That's the kind of God I walk with. In hope. He believed against hope. Do you see that? What can the devil do with a faith like that? 
In hope, he believed against all hope. Because God said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Let me tell you what Satan wants to steal from you, brothers and sisters. He wants to steal your faith. But Abraham had a faith the devil couldn't take away. Now look what he says. Now this this stuns me. Watch this. Where am I? Verse 19. Watch this. Now don't miss this. Say amen if you're with me right now. I'm talking about how do you get faith and patience? How How do you obtain it? How do you acquire it? How do you lay hold of it? He did not weaken in his faith. Boy, if I ever have a testimony in my life, that's what I want to be said about me. Chad Roberts did not weaken in his faith. He never weakened. He didn't weaken in his faith even when he looked at outward circumstances or inward circumstances. For look what it says. For even though when he considered his body, it was as good as dead, being that he was nearly 100 years old, he can't produce a child. So if his body is as good as dead, being in the way of being reproductive, then how is God's promise ever going to be fulfilled? He didn't consider his own body. Oh, let me tell you, people of God, I'm learning how to walk this same path. Because when you go somewhere like Duke University, where they are the elite eye doctors of the world, and they say, your eyes are dead, and there's nothing we can do. I have to be like Abraham and say, I don't even consider my own body. I don't consider my own body. I consider faith. Furthermore, he didn't consider the barrenness of Sarah's womb. It's one thing when it's your issue. What about when it's another person's issue? What about when you have to believe God for you and your spouse? And yet Abraham did not weaken Now look at verse 20, because here's the key. Look at verse 20. Oh, boy, I hope you're ready for this, because this is some mighty good scripture. No unbelief. What was all of Hebrews chapter 3 about? Not allowing unbelief to creep into your heart. Not giving any room, not giving any space, not giving any foothold to any unbelief in your life. It is the direct enemy of faith. And what does he say? No unbelief. No unbelief made him waver. Another good word for that is stagger. (laughs) No unbelief made him waver, but he grew stronger in his faith. Oh, do you see that? See, do you realize Abraham was about 75 years old when he promised Isaac and he didn't come till he was 100? 25 years he waited for God's promise. And in that 25 years, he never weakened. He grew strong 
in his faith. Now, if you're like me, you read this and you go, God, how do I get that? How do I imitate that? God, you're talking Abraham. And I'm no Abraham. God, how do you... Show me, God, how do I get a faith that strengthens and never weakens? Well, see, the scriptures tell us. No unbelief caused him to waver, but he grew stronger in his faith. No unbelief caused him to waver concerning the what? The promise. But he grew strong in his faith as he did what? Gave glory to God. Oh, do you see that, people of God? Do you see how that's the key to growing stronger in your faith? It's when you learn that in every season, we glorify God. Through every disappointment, we glorify God. Through every season of waiting, we glorify God. Through every unanswered prayer, we glorify God. If I were you, I would circle that phrase, glorify God. I would make it jump off the page at me. Because brothers and sisters, this is the key to battling unbelief. This is the key to growing stronger in your faith. Is it any wonder Paul said that the glory of God is such an issue for the believer that whether we do normal daily tasks like whether we eat or whether we drink or whatsoever we do, do it all to the glory of God. Why? Because when your life is truly meant for the glory of God, it doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what you lose. It doesn't matter what you gain. It doesn't matter what prayers are answered or what prayers seemingly are denied or unanswered. Your life is always to the glory of God. And you know what it does? It keeps you steady. And if anything I want in my journey, I don't want to be a yo-yo Christian. I don't want to be way up here sometimes and then way down here other times. I don't want to be all over the map. I want to be stable. I want to be established. I want to be sturdy. I want to walk with God. Then what's the secret? Learn to glorify God in any and every circumstance. Learn to glorify God in your prayer life, whether he says yes, no, or wait. Learn to glorify God if the prayer is answered or if the prayer is delayed. Learn to glorify God. And then where does he end in verse number 21? Give me the first line of it, please. Oh, praise God. What a word. Fully convinced. Let me tell you what I want it said of me. He was fully convinced of God. Fully convinced that God was able. 
to do what he had promised. Is that you today? Are you fully convinced? Because link that, link that child of God. Back to our text, Hebrews 6, 17. Link it to verse 17. For when God desiring to show more convincingly to the heirs of promise. God wants you convinced today. God wants your faith strong today. God wants you steady today. He wants you sturdy today. He wants to establish your heart. Their heads bowed and their eyes closed. Fully convinced that God is able. Oh, I want that in my life. Are you fully convinced that every promise of God finds their yes and amen through Christ? See, the reality is Abraham had but only one promise from God. Do you know there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible for you? (laughs) 7,000. Abraham believed God regarding one. And yet all 7,000 for us find their yes and find their amen in Jesus. It's guaranteed. Should we not be more fully convinced than Abraham was? Abraham didn't have the Holy Spirit residing inside him. We do. Should we not be more fully convinced than Abraham? What a faith to imitate. He never grew weak, but instead he grew stronger in his faith. Fully convinced that God is able. I love that word able. I love to think about the abilities of God. The enablements of God. The help he gives from heaven. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, do you need to trust God today? Do you need to become more convinced? That God is able. Say, Chad, how do I do it? Get in the presence of God more. Change your daily routine. Invite God into your daily life. Pray and listen more than you ever have. And God will build your faith. He'll take you to his word. And faith will come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you won't grow weak, you'll grow strong. That's the promise. And you will begin to live life fully convinced that God is who he says he is. And God will do what God says he will do. And nothing will shake your faith. No devil of hell will be able to shake your faith. Teach us these things, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your people today and I bless them in the name of the Lord.
I bless them in the name of the Lord. We bless our families in the name of the Lord. We bless our prodigals in the name of the Lord. And just as we prayed with Candace earlier, we bless our families. Do a work at the end of this year that only the power of God can do. And bring us to a place where we are fully convinced that you are able. And may we join you, God, in calling into existence those things that are not as though they were. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Take Awakened to Grace with you on the go. When you download Awakened to Grace, On your device, you will have access to hundreds of resources we create all for free. Sermons, music, articles, and more. Download Awakened to Grace wherever you get your favorite apps.